0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: Hi, this is Chandler O'Quinn, coming to you from the editing booth. Uh, Welcome to this uh, special episode of History in Retrograde, We're doing something a little bit different with this episode. In our last episode on the Cuban Missile Crisis, I had Mom take a look at uh, what the world was going through, uh, what all the planets and moons said about the world situation during the Cuban Missile Crisis. During that same recording session, I had Mom take a look at what specifically President Kennedy was going through. What did his uh, chart uh, show about the transit's Going on in October of 1962. Uh, She uh, gave, as usual, some wonderful insights into uh, what that man uh, was going through during this time. And I thought that it was so great that we would make it its own episode. Uh, Now, to give you the full context, I've also included uh, the reading of his initial chart. Uh, So that was done uh, during our season one finale. Uh, So uh, if you are already familiar with our season one finale, all of you loyal uh, listeners out there. I would recommend that you skip to about the 37, 38 minute mark to hear all the new. Uh, discoveries that we made about President Kennedy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, But if you would like to have a little refresher about uh, the uh, natal chart of our 35th president, uh, then uh, please continue listening. Uh, I hope you all enjoy this special episode of History in Retrograde. Uh, So our first person is a male. All right. Born on the twenty ninth of May. All
1: right.
0: Uh-huh. Nineteen seventeen.
1: Nineteen seventeen. Do we have a time?
0: We do. Uh it is three PM.
1: Three three PM exactly. Exactly. No All right. Do so we have a location?
0: In the United States. Uh-huh. Brookline, Massachusetts.
1: Are we just going to look at this chart first?
0: Yes, we're going to look at this chart, uh, and uh, I'll ask uh, questions about it, and we'll uh, go all the way through it, and then we'll begin with our next uh, person.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, So you see all this, right? Mm -hmm. There's very little down here. Right. Okay, so... um, once again, we have a person with Libra rising, all right? Now, um, we'll just go through, we'll, we'll go through all of the um, planets uh, first, and then we will go through the houses. So this person has sun at seven degrees Gemini, moon at 17 degrees Virgo, Mercury at 20 degrees Taurus, Venus at 16 degrees Gemini, Mars at 18 degrees Taurus, Jupiter at 23 degrees Taurus, Saturn at 27 degrees Capricorn, Uranus at 23 degrees Aquarius, Neptune at 2 degrees Leo, Pluto at 3 degrees Cancer, North Node at 11 degrees Capricorn, and Chiron at 29 degrees Pisces. And we know that 29 degrees is significant. It doesn't always have to be the degree of sorrow. It's just definitely significant when you have a 29 degree or a zero degree. Those are very significant. So let's look at how this falls in the chart. Since we have a uh, Libra on the ascendant, we have the Libra as the rising sign. Uh, this person should have been very um, either handsome or easy on the eyes or, you know, like like, when you see this person, they they make you feel like, you know, you're very comfortable to meet with them, all right? Scorpio on the second house, nothing in that house. Sag on the third house. And they do have, see how it changes from Sag to Capricorn right here in the middle of their third house. Chandler, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that north node at 11 degrees in the third house in Capricorn. Now, having a north node in Capricorn, that's got to make you businessy, executivey, in chargey. <laughs> somehow so somehow in there. Uh it is in the third house, which is ruled by um you know Gemini. So it's communications, uh writing, um siblings, uh early uh ele- elementary school uh things. Are ruled by the third house, fourth house.
0: So, um, so just to go back, the uh, with the north node and Capricorn in the third house, would uh, early childhood and siblings have some sort of connection to the business and executive direction? It could
1: because it's the north node, right? So it is their direction. It is their karmic direction. It is the north node is. Uh, what you're working on in this life it's different than saturn because saturn is more like what you're learning north node is your direction does that make sense yes okay so then we have fourth house uh cusp is capricorn because it's still in capricorn here okay and but it does change to aquarius and we do have uranus in aquarius see at 23 degrees in the fourth house which is very interesting because having uranus and aquarius in the fourth house you know because uranus is ruled i mean uranus rules aquarius right so now we have uranus in aquarius in the fourth house so we have like double aquarius out of the blue things like this person could have could move a lot or live in unusual places or want to live in unusual places or have their home decorated in a very unusual way, Uh, that kind of thing. So that's interesting. And then fifth house is, um, you know, fourth house is Capricorn. Fifth house is, is Aquarius, but it changes right here to Pisces, all right? So there's nothing in there, but this fifth house could have a lot of Creativity involved with, um uh, uh, it could be show business, it could be leadership, it could be romance, it could be a lot of things going on in that fifth house ruled by Leo. And then we have a, a sixth house, Caspis Pisces, and they have Chiron at 29 degrees Pisces, in the sixth house, but we barely have very many, very, very much at all in Pisces before it changes to Aquarius. I mean, to Aries. See this? hmm How it changes? And um, so interesting, because it's 29 degrees Pisces in the sixth house. So that's kind of uh, interesting as far as work is concerned, because It can be healing, like uh, having Chiron and Pisces uh, can be a healer. And it can be somehow they heal things at work, Um, but it has to do with how they work, the way they work. Somehow they are, I don't know, somehow they're creatively healing something. Uh then we have seventh house is Aries. There's nothing in that. But hold on to your hats because we have one, two, three, four, five planets in <laughs> the eighth house, which is ruled by Taurus. We start with Taurus and we move to Gemini. So this is very significant to have this kind of um activity in your eighth house. It's just a lot for the eighth house. So we have Mars and Mercury and Jupiter and Sun and Venus all in the eighth house. So this is quite a lot. Um, uh, Okay, well, let's just start with Mars. Mars and uh, Mercury and Jupiter. Mars conjunct. Mars is at 18 conjunct Jupiter at 23 yes because it's conjunct by degree and then uh, Mars conjunct Mercury so there is a lot going on here with this person's legacy and um, a coat and power and just everything that is ruled by Pluto you know, sexuality and, and, uh, uh, things that are taboo and just quite a lot is going on here. And then sun at seven degrees, Gemini and Venus at 16 degrees, Gemini. So not conjunct by degree, but definitely conjunct by sign and, um, very, very, heavy eighth house uh could be power could be because oh it's a lot and it i mean it's these lighter planets you know so but taurus is intense but these three right here all in taurus jupiter and mercury and mars whatever this person's direction is they are steadfast in this direction and nothing is going to stop them from What they're trying to do, they've got Jupiter there, you know? Then Sun conjunct Venus and Gemini. This person should have been very uh, gregarious and and chatty and charming. Um, I can't imagine that they were not. There's a lot going on right here. Ninth house, they have Pluto in Cancer, in the ninth house. So... Pluto in the ninth house, their philosophy should have been very intense with them uh because ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius, but having Pluto there and Pluto in cancer would be a very um powerful, possibly psychic ability uh intuition intuitive um very powerful emotions, Uh, probably significant mother, maybe a powerful mother. Um, Then we go to 10th house, which has Neptune and Saturn. Neptune at two degrees Leo and Saturn at 27 degrees Cancer. So that Saturn at 27 degrees also has some Leo to it. You know what I mean? Because it's on the cusp. And the Neptune also has some Cancer to it because it's two degrees Leo. And in the 10th house, Neptune conjunct Saturn in the 10th house with all that Leo and Cancer. And that's career. So, I mean, literally, like in a literal sense, this person could have, taught <laughs> magic <laughs> they could have taught magic but uh, their 10th house is mostly Leo I mean their cusp is Cancer but and their midhaven is Cancer so I'm very interested because I, I would like to know how this person this person is a lot hmm. okay and then the 11th house having moon in the 11th house in Virgo So having moon in Virgo is kind of like having moon in Capricorn, only Virgo is just going to be more set about work and work ethic and possibly healing and organization and research and medicine, all of these things that are very Virgo. For the moon, which makes them very organized with their emotions, it should make them very organized with their emotions. Where, like, moon in Capricorn is more like, I don't want to deal with my emotions. I'm good. I don't need them. They're not logical. You know what I mean? But moon in Virgo is going to organize those feelings and and organize them somehow with groups of people because it's the eleventh house. So it's groups of friends. Uh, Groups of people, people, and it's Virgo, so it's some sort of communication, or uh, this person could have been a very organized orator, could have been very good at somehow relating, um, like, uh, I want to say whatever their emotions are Uh, to groups of people. In an organized fashion. Is any of this making any sense? Yes. Oh! Okay, do you have any questions about this person?
0: Yes. Um, what profession would you see them going into? Wow. Other than magic teacher.
1: (laughs) They teach magic. Um, oh, man. This is so hard, because... This person's got this insane eighth house, which is, uh, really intense. <sighs> and, and um, uh, I mean, they, whatever they are, they're powerful, you know, I would, I would think they could be a politician, um, because eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, And they do also have that Neptune conjunct Saturn in the 10th house, which would be like, Neptune conjunct Saturn is kind of like the ability to uh, cloak, you know, cloak, like, cloak yourself from the public. Oh, I don't know. They don't have 8th house. I mean, that's a lot of Pluto and Scorpio. Taurus. I mean, maybe... I don't know. I, I, I. This one is an enigma to me. So I'm just going to go for now with possibly some sort of. I don't know. Their legacy is incredible, very powerful. I can't just see these people. This I don't know. I don't feel like this person is in show business. I feel like this person is in a Another very powerful position. Uh, Very powerful legacy. You know, like they would have definitely been known. It could have been known everywhere.
0: But there's a show business quality to
1: it. Well, it could full on go show business because that that Neptune in the 10th house is filmmaker, you know? It could be a filmmaker. It could be... Uh, any kind of, uh, show business and lessons with the illusion, teaching the illusion, uh, creating the illusion in this Saturn conjunct Neptune, right? Because it can be, um, and it's just imagination and the veil. So it could definitely be show business. Easy. You know, they've got, Chiron and Pisces in the sixth house, which is like work in creative things, you know, and then um North Node and Capricorn, they would have been, they should have been really smart, like businessy, you know what I mean? In show business, they, if they're in show business, they're very, they're very savvy, you know, they shouldn't be wishy-washy, they should know the business. Really know the business and be able to communicate the business, you know, mm-hmm. and get their way. Mm-hmm. Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no idea what we're dealing with. Do you have questions?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, uh, tell me about their parents.
1: Well, this person has son in Gemini in the eighth house, so I would assume that the father was rather g- gregarious, perhaps, and maybe powerful. Because it's Eighth House, which is Legacy and Inheritance and all that, you know? And Moon and Virgo, the mother might have been very, um, uh, organized. Very, could have been, a, uh, a, a could have even been, like, a nurse, you know? But, uh, organized and very meticulous about things, probably, you know? And, uh... But not necessarily gushing like a moon in, you know, like a moon in in, uh, in Cancer would be, you know. Or even like a moon in Leo or a moon in Aries, you know, where they'd be like, my baby, you know. I don't know that they would be so much. They would be more, uh, not cold, but just organized, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And uh, tell me about their siblings. What's their relationship with their uh, siblings?
1: Well, they have North Node and Capricorn in the third house. They could be in business with their siblings. Their siblings could be significantly involved with the direction, whatever direction they're going, you know?
0: And you've uh, touched on this a little bit, but uh, if you could describe a little bit more um, about their relationship to um, charisma and uh, their personal appearance.
1: Okay, so anytime we have Libra on the first house, I Libra is very pretty, right? Libra is also known for being very um, fair, fair-minded, you know. A Libra is the person that you want to go to to say, okay, well, can you help us settle a dispute? And the Libra will be very careful to meticulously make sure that they are getting the facts straight and that they are fair. You know, you expect a Libra to be fair. And if <laughs> the dark side of Libra is kind of narcissist, you know, they're very pretty. They're, I love myself. I'm very pretty. So that would be kind of the dark side of that but um then you have this eighth house with all this power right and you have this mars conjunct mercury conjunct jupiter in taurus which would make them very uh um precise and 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 almost like when they speak it takes them a while to clarify what they're saying, but people enjoy it because Jupiter's there, and that's a lot, so people like it, and that has to do with their passion, whatever their passion is. Uh, they also have this sun conjunct Venus in Gemini, which which should make them uh, very likable, very gregarious. I mean, dark side of Gemini is a mess. Those men are... Uh, you don't I don't know? I, I, dark side of Gemini is always a predicament for me because, um, it's just you know rakish and 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 roguish and not trustworthy <laughs> at all. So, hopefully, this is not the case with this person. Hopefully, this is a very good person. All this, you know, Taurus is keeping them in line and. They're using their Gemini stuff for good and their Saturn-Neptune conjunct Neptune in the 10th house is working for them. And their Pluto and Cancer is doing what it's supposed to do with their dogma and their travel and their, you know, all those Sagittarian things.
0: Okay. Um, uh, how would women view him?
1: Well, I would assume that women would think this was a very handsome man. And I would assume that this man also, because he has Aries on the seventh house, has a pretty good idea of what to do with that handsomeness. I would also think that with all of the power, I mean, women are attracted to power. Uh, Men are attracted. Everybody's attracted to power, you know. And I would think that this person was very powerful. They definitely had power. They have uh, inheritance. They uh, maybe came into this life with all of this legacy and, and, and all these I don't know some kind of like this Torian rules you know um, something about you know the family legacy and goals of the family or something like that
0: I think we're going to have a pretty good reaction when you figure out who this is
1: <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: uh, what is his relationship to monogamy
1: well, you know when you're this powerful and you're that pretty <laughs> and you got Aries on the seventh house, that's a love passion uh, i I don't know that um I mean, I mean, on one hand, this guy could be oh, nope, he couldn't I don't think this guy could be that monogamous, I just think he's too wanted and He's got all this stuff in the eighth house, which is sex and, and, um, uh, what am I looking for? Um, taboo things, like taboo things, right? He's got Venus in the eighth house. Uh, Venus and Mars. This guy, I don't, I don't, I don't know about him being so monogamous.
0: And uh, what is his relationship to controlled substances?
1: Well, I mean, he does have Neptune can Saturn in the 10th house. So Neptune, you know, you always look to Neptune whenever you're dealing with, you know, drug addiction or uh, um, his career could have made him into an alcoholic <laughs> because it's 10th house, right? So he's got Neptune in the 10th house. So. Uh, He could have a fairly decent relationship with his addictions. Like, he might even be able to somehow control his addictions because he's got Saturn there, right? And Saturn is control, so maybe. I mean, but there's definitely the possibility that the addictions have to do with his career. Well, Whatever career this person has, um, it has to do with... Communicating, and uh, maybe writing, or but not necessarily performing. But then again, Chiron and Pisces in the sixth house work could be singing or writing or you know poetry or whatever.
0: Mm. Um. If this person was put into a military situation, uh, how would they handle it? Where would they be?
1: Well, Mars, okay? We look to Mars for war. This person has Mars in Taurus, you know? In the 8th house. I would imagine that they would be up the scale. If not, they would I mean, they would be really, really passionate about it, you know? In the eighth house. So. I don't think that this person would. <laughs> this is not a person that would run away. This person's going to walk right straight towards it. Now not like Saj. Sag will ride on a horse towards it. Okay. J- just full blazing in the wind. Heading towards it. You know. Not, not one qualm. But a Taurus is going to think about it. And they're going to move towards it. They will not move away. They will not be afraid. Is this making sense? Yes. Oh, good.
0: Um, what is his relationship to finances?
1: Well, <clears throat> he has Scorpio on the second house, okay? And that changes to Sagittarius about midway through. You see this right here?
0: Mhm.
1: Halfway through the second house, it moves from Scorpio to Sag. <sighs> That's not necessarily the best for finances. Hmm. Uh, but, because Sagittarians, I mean, Sagittarians can be good at business, but Sagittarians and Geminis are not necessarily in love with money, if you know what I mean. But, uh, this version has North Node and Capricorn, all right? Now, North Node and Capricorn could make you very financially... Uh, directed, you know? Having your north node in Capricorn would give you some serious financial uh, backbone. And then also having <laughs> Mars, conjunct Mercury, and, and and Jupiter in Taurus, that's going to give you some financial backbone in the eighth house. That's what I mean. This person could have just been born into money, you know? Uh, But these things in the eighth house definitely will make this person financially tourist people like um nice things you know they like and they're not they're not particularly like gaudy or flashy about it uh they just have very nice lovely expensive things they like that you know so i would say this person probably had a good relationship with money not from the second house that's not where it's coming from. But from this North Node in Capricorn, and all this in Taurus, in the 8th house, right? There should be
0: some money. Okay. Um,
1: what kind of student is he? Well, ninth house is higher education. And this person has Pluto in their ninth house. So... This can go either way. They could have been a very powerful scholarly type of person, or they could have had death and rebirth with their feeling about education. I would think that with Pluto there, it would give them a more powerful connection to their education and higher education and philosophies. It is in Cancer, so... Maybe, you know, their higher education is not to be like a doctor or lawyer, but maybe a philosopher or um, something watery, something cancerian, you know, something nurturing-ish, maybe. But it's Pluto in the ninth house. So there should be a powerful connection to all those things in the ninth house.
0: Uh, what is his relationship to water?
1: Well, he should like water. He's got Pluto in Cancer. He's got Chiron in Pisces. Um, he's got. Oh, that's not. Okay, let's see. He's got. You know, in halfway through his first house, it changes to Scorpio. Okay, so his first house cusp is Libra, but halfway through it changes to Scorpio. And now I'm realizing that not only is this person handsome, they're probably. Kind sexy um let's see what else is water we have chiron so maybe their work i mean they have chiron in the sixth house they have pisces on their sixth house because their their work could have something to do with water but also this pluto in this cancer water sign could be death and rebirth you know with water they water could could also be you know like a problem but it could be very powerful and saturn and cancer you know lessons with water could be mm.
0: um if a conflict arose and there are two options one of them being a uh, a physical fight to resolve the problem and one of them being talk it out uh which one do you think you would try and go for
1: Well, he has Mercury and Taurus. So, I mean, he also has Mercury conjunct Mars conjunct (laughs) conjunct Jupiter, so in the eighth house. So, I mean, but having Sun and Venus and Gemini would lead him to the more, you know, cerebral uh, behavior, right? But this, I wouldn't put it past this guy. This guy could pommel somebody if he wanted to. He's got Mars in Taurus. If he wants to hurt somebody, he could.
0: So he, it's going to be a struggle within him to figure out which one he wants to go towards.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, with all this stuff in the 8th house, I don't know that smart people would like be like, yeah, let's fight him. You'd have to be real stupid to want to fight this guy. I wouldn't want to fight this guy. I mean, I would rather walk away. And I have Mars and Ares, but Mars and Tortoise is different. Mars and Ares is very fiery and fast and quick, right? Mars and Tortoise is is a different animal. It's it's like fighting a a woolly beast, you know, and not the same as Sag because Sag is a wild beast. They're crazy wild things but you know what i mean yeah i, I, I
0: get that, you, that there would be a, a physical component to him and uh yeah that makes sense
1: yeah i mean this guy has a temper okay he's got mars and taurus but he's not gonna fly off the handle the way a mars and aries would all right a mars and aries might just fight you like just mars and aries probably fight you just because it's fun you know It's like really, that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go. You know, but a Mars and Taurus isn't just going to fight you; they're going to win. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay,
1: where a Mars and Aries kind of likes to fight, right? And maybe Mars and Sag kind of likes it. You know, they like the scrappy. You know, but Mars and Taurus, and probably Mars in Scorpio, they are going to win. All right, that they're not fighting. To fight. They're fighting to win, if that mm. makes any sense. Okay. That's how it should be.
0: Um, uh, is this a healthy person, physically?
1: Well, uh, all these planets in the eighth house... Uh, I, I would assume with all this Taurus, you know, Mars and Taurus, Jupiter and Taurus, Jupiter conjunct their Mars... Their sun conjunct Venus. I would think they were healthy, but all that's in the eighth house, which is anybody's guess, you know? Um it's uh if somebody if if this person had all these planets in the first house, I'd go, oh yeah, they're probably gonna live forever, you know? But I mean, there's a possibility that this person could deal with that whole, you know, Plutonian death and rebirth thing, where they get sick and come back. But sixth house, they also have, you know, in their sixth house, which is health, they have Chiron in Pisces in the sixth house, which could be an issue. And then they have, I don't know. I, I, I mean, just my first thing would be, I think they're healthy, but issues could come and go, mm. if that makes any sense. Okay. And I hate to be wishy-washy, but I'm talking about the eighth house, which is death and rebirth, so... I don't know.
0: Uh, how would this person do in a debate? I wouldn't
1: want to debate this person. Not with Sun and Venus and Gemini and Mercury conjunct Jupiter conjunct Mars in Taurus. This person might not be as quick as like a person who has like five planets in Gemini, but this person is going to get the point of whatever the debate is and they're going to continue to persevere Towards that point, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh,
0: Is there uh, any other uh, feelings or impressions that you uh, get off of this chart before we move on?
1: I think that this is a person that um, I may be interested in knowing, but I don't know that this is a person that I would want to be really super close to like have them in my inner circle because they are probably uh more than I would want to deal with on a daily basis.
0: Uh, explain.
1: Uh, there's so much concentrated in the 8th house, you know. But they can be very gregarious and 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 I mean the J- the Jupiter and the Mercury and the Mars and Taurus could also make them very, um, handsome and, and, and charming, you know? Um, I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe. I mean, this North Node and Capricorn, uh, with Uranus in the fourth house, they're really, fourth house, somehow they're moving around a lot. There's a lot of movement with Uranus there
0: but what would what what is it that would make you hesitant to
1: have all oh, that 8th house that's a lot that's a lot of 8th house
0: and so just the intensity of this person the
1: intensity of it yeah okay. that's very intense okay. and and when you have that heavy of an 8th house i mean although it can make you really you know really powerful it can make you uh you know, there's a lot of changes can happen. There's a lot of death and rebirth with that.
0: And uh, I think what I want to do at this time is I'm going to uh, I want to look at this from one of the charts that we've done before. Uh, okay. What a specific person was going through during this time. Okay. Uh, and uh. So when when you're
1: do do we need these up or sh- can I pull it up in this? You know what I can do. I can do this, just in case I need to get to this. There, I'll put that over there. All right. So now I have that there, but now I can go in here, and find um someone else's chart. Okay, who am I looking for?
0: Uh, hold, go back to the chart. Uh first what i want to do is i'm gonna and right now this is going to be cut out but um, i want to go over the summary of of i don't know i don't know what i want (laughs) to do
1: did i give you information that you were looking for yes yes oh okay cool uh
0: the once i tell you what this is uh-huh. Whenever I do that, it frames how you then go forward.
1: Oh, okay. and
0: I like it when you don't know.
1: Yeah, um, I have no idea
0: that because it brings you insights that you might not be looking for if you already know who and what <laughs> is going on. Okay. Um. I let's that, so. We're going to go back to we're going to, the original plan. We're going to take a look at this and the person is going to be um uh John F Kennedy. Okay. So we are now going to take a look at Can you uh, see this page now? Uh yes, I do. Okay. Uh, so we are Are
1: we going to do his, his chart with the transits?
0: Yes, we we want to see For October 29th? Yes. We want to see what um what he was going through uh, during these 13 days. Uh, So right now uh, we are taking a look at uh, John F. Kennedy and seeing uh, what uh, was going on astrologically uh, on October 29th of 1962.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, his chart is not that much different than the chart that we've created. That's really weird. Okay, look. See, he's got the sun, the moon, and Neptune going through his first house. Mm -hmm. Same as this chart, okay? He has Mercury in his 12th house. He's got Uranus and Pluto in his 11th house. Uh, Very close to his moon. He's got Mars and North Node transiting his 10th house where he has Neptune and Saturn. Wow. He has Chiron and Jupiter transiting his 5th house. Saturn lessons with the country. Lessons with Saturn and Aquarius transiting his 4th house. Okay. um, Having to do with humanitarian lessons with humanity. Okay. I have natal Saturn in Aquarius. Okay. And my Saturn is in my sixth house. All right. Which means I have to work with humanitarian issues, futuristic issues, uh, Uranian kind of issues, Uranus, right? Mm -hmm. But then that's my work in this situation. His fourth house, his home, right, country, Mm -hmm. is ruled by Capricorn, but he has natal Uranus at 23 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Aquarius, okay? So he's got Saturn coming up to conjunct His natal Uranus, which is going to be unexpected lessons with humanity, the people. Okay. Um, let me look at this. Saturn is at five degrees Aquarius and his Uranus. Look. Oh no, his Uranus is at 23 So he's got a bit, but it's coming, Right it's coming to hit so it's already by sign so it's there's something happening personally with him okay in his home in his country in his community in his you know in his realm having to do with groups of people and unexpected things okay he has the sun moon and neptune transiting his first house even though he has libra rising see he has Libra rising at 20 degrees, but all of these are going because he has like this whole Libra Scorpio thing, which is like this chart, mm-hmm. right? Um, he has Venus in the second house in Scorpio. So for him, there could be some monetary value to something's going on that has to do with maybe materials or material things or something like that. Cause it's his second house and it's transiting Venus, Venus transiting your second house is going to give you activation in that area. Right. Fifth house, he has Jupiter and Chiron transiting his fifth house. So there's some kind of, um, creative healing uh going on here maybe with something from the past because currently it's retrograde so it could be something from the past something he's somehow dealt with before and it's 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 behind the veil but it's not the same kind of veil as like a scorpio veil which is like really hidden things right this is more like creatively Creative creating an illusion. Uh somehow creating an illusion for um uh it could be anything from I mean, because it's ruled by theater, so it could be the leader. Like he's actually creating an illusion because he's the leader. I don't know, something like that. Uh And then Mars and North node in Leo are hitting his Neptune, his natal Neptune and his natal Saturn. So his natal in Cancer, it's getting very close because those are in Leo. Let me double check. North node is at four degrees Leo and... Neptune is at... Tw- no, not Neptune. Mars. Mars is at 8 degrees, Leo. Oof. North node conjunct Mars. That is serious direction. Serious, passionate, show-busy Uh, fame. And it's coming around to hit his Neptune and his Saturn. So, um... Neptune conjunct Saturn anyway is going to be like a veil of authority. But is any of this making any sense? Yeah. Okay. And then he has Uranus and Pluto transiting his 11th house which is uh you know uh unusual and unforeseen um things that are having to do with groups of people
0: okay uh is there uh anything else uh, that you uh can point out about uh kennedy during this time
1: well i would say with all of this happening he has uh quite a bit on his plate i don't know how how this works for him but um Uh, maybe I'll know more after you tell me what it is. Yeah, I think
0: a lot on his plate is a mild way of putting it. (laughs)
1: Uh, this is, uh, again, um, you know, I mean, this just, it looks very dark. It looks dark.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um... At this time, I want to summarize what we found here with um, looking at uh, President Kennedy uh, during uh, at least what's going on on the 29th and what he's been going through in these, uh, this, these last 13 days. Um, so there are lessons with the country, unexpected mm-hmm. lessons with humanity that are personal to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he uh, has... I, Create, there's creative healing uh, involving the past, so something that's happened in the past that he is now uh, healing at this time, and he is creating an illusion as the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a serious, passionate direction in his life, and what he is doing right now is uh, uh, possibly what he may be most famous for. Uh, There are uh, unusual, unforeseen things about humanity. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has a lot on his plate, and uh, the uh, outlook looks dark at this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything? Yeah,
1: the perception by other people see this as dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Anything else that uh, you'd like to add about this?
1: Well, I will say, whatever is happening, it's very showy it's like it's like if you were gonna do a show and you wanted it to be super super dramatic and mm, like i don't even know how to describe it because it's leo right so it it's like all eyes on me all eyes are on this Mm -hmm. okay and it's 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 very famous. The whole world
0: is watching.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal.
0: And that concludes our look at John F. Kennedy's natal chart and uh, what his chart uh, shows about the uh, transits going on, what he was going through during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, insight into uh, President Kennedy. And uh, I'd like to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Of course, uh, we are so grateful for all the support that we've uh, gotten from everyone. And uh, if you'd like to continue to support us we have all the links uh Posted to our social media accounts uh, in the episode description. We also have our link to our PayPal account. Every little bit helps us in uh, making a better quality show and expanding our uh, listener base. And if you would like to be your very own mystery history guest, we can make that happen for you. Uh, just email uh, Chandler's Mom at History and Retrograde.com, uh, and my mom would be happy uh, to get with you and talk over the details of how uh, we can get your uh, natal chart done, or uh, maybe a synastry chart between you and that special someone. Uh, As always, in conclusion, uh, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.